we are in our fourth installment, the fourth week of a series that we've been calling This Is That. And the series, what we're really talking about is trying to help people kind of understand some misconceptions about God. Uh, in fact, the sad thing is that people reject things about God that are not even true. People reject things about God that really aren't even biblical. And, and what I mean by that is like, uh, like imagine if you, if you invited one of your friends to play football with you. Hey, man, come on, play football with me. And they said, no, man, I don't like football because I'm not really good at dribbling. You know? now, that's the wrong sport, man. That's not even the same sport. We're not even talking the same language here. That's basketball. But that's what people do is they go, no, no, I don't, I don't like that stuff. I, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with all that. Because why? Because they don't understand it. And they, and they begin to reject it. They begin to push it back. And so that's what happened in the early church when God poured his spirit out, Acts 2. People didn't understand. And, and we see that they were amazed and perplexed at what was going on. And they asked one another, what does this mean? Like, what, what's, what's happening? And so some of them, however, they made fun of, of the people. And I, I believe that when we don't understand something, we'll either reject it or we'll make fun of it. Right? We'll, we'll just poke fun at it. And so they said, man, these people, their problem is they just had too much to drink. They've had too much wine. But it goes on to say that, that Peter stood up with the 11, which is what we're doing in this series, just standing up, saying, hey, let me, let me explain this to you. Let me try to show you what really is going on. And Peter says in verse 15, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, by the way. I mean, it's not late enough to be drinking. He says, no. It, they're not drunk. This, what you're seeing is actually that. It's something else. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And I don't have time to go into all that, but read it this week. The Joel says, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. I just believe that's happening right here in Wichita Falls. I believe the power of God is just being poured out upon us. And so what we're doing, we've just kind of taken that one line. This is that. And we're saying, hey, what's happening in the local church, it, it, it may not be what you thought it was. Let's not, let's not prejudge it. Let's not be prejudiced against some things that we don't even understand. And so we've talked about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is not weird. Come on, somebody. Like, people are weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. And we've talked about uh, healing. Pastor Caleb brought an incredible message on healing a few weeks ago. Uh, last week, we talked about praise and worship. Why do we worship the way we do? Why do we get, get excited? Why do we lift our hands? All of those things. But today, we're going to talk about something that I think um, a lot of unchurched people are uh, concerned about. Like, uh, it's one of the reasons why they don't go to church. Uh, I want to talk about something that even Christians sometimes cringe at when they hear the word. And the word is prosperity. It's prosperity, right? Because, you know, the, the non-Christians, they'd be like, they don't want to go to church because they say it's all about the, just all they want is the money. And then, and then even sometimes the people in the church, they're just like, ah, I just don't, I don't think it's really all about that. And what's happened, I, I even have a hard time with the word because people have hijacked the word prosperity and they've turned it into a name it, claim it kind of gospel. Come on, somebody. Like they've, they've turned it into a give-to-get kind of gospel. They've turned it into something that I don't think God ever really intended. And so they, 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 it's like a, if you can confess it, you can have it. If you can blab it, you can grab it. Come on, somebody. Just, 
in Jesus' name. Like, if you, if you give $1,000, then God will give you the desires of your heart. You've, you've seen the TV shows. You've seen that kind of stuff. You've heard the preacher get up and say, my dear brothers and sisters, for your love gift of $1,000 or more, we're fixing to send you this vial of water from the very river where Jesus was baptized. Hurry. Operators are standing by. Come on, we've heard it. We've watched it. My parents gave to it. I know. I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen it. And so I just like, I, I just, I just think that maybe we've kind of, maybe we've kind of gone off track a little bit when it comes to prosperity. Can I, can I just get an amen if you're with me on that? Now, it kind of reminds me though of this time that a church was raising money. They, they were raising money for a building fund and, and they said, hey, if you give a thousand dollars, we'll let you pick out three hymns. And so this little old lady walked up to the front and she gave him a thousand dollars and she said, I'll take him, him, and him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all know that's funny right there. Yeah, so um, I just, I, I think, in, in my opinion, I, in my opinion, I think that the hyper-prosperity gospel is not what God intended for prosperity. I just, I, 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 when I read the scriptures, I don't see that kind of theology in there. So what I want to do is I want to look at what the Bible has to say about prosperity, and if we're going to learn about it, then we need to look at the word. Now, let me just tell you right off the bat why we're talking about prosperity. It's not because we need your money. We've never needed your money. From day one of City Hope Church, we've never stood up here and preached or, or needed you to give in an offering. And, and, and I, I think we have something worth celebrating. And that is, right now, year to date, we're operating the church on 61% of what you give to the church. So that means the rest of that, we're either giving away or we're saving. Come on. So we, we just, we don't need it. I just want to bring clarity to this because there's a lot of questions about that. And if you're new to church, like you'll, you'll notice if you come to City Hope long enough, we just, we don't talk about offering very much at the end we'll make a, a comment about hey if you're a regular it's your opportunity to give we, we don't we do that because we, we're just not going to be the church that focuses on it right and you're going to see why here in a moment because because prosperity is not what we've made it out to be so if we're going to learn prosperity we've got to we've got to know the word prosper and and the word is in hebrew sileach Saleach. You got to put that kind of phlegm in it right there at the end. Just kind of hock it a little bit like Saleach. All right. And it just means it, it's really not as much to do with money as you think. It just means to push forward. Come on. It's not. Could it be about money? Yes. Could it be about other things? Yes. What it is is God saying, I'm, gonna, I'm pushing you forward. I'm propelling you. I'm advancing you to something you couldn't do on your own. That's what it is. See, a lot of us, we. Like, you, you, there's something that God wants you to do, but you can't do it on your own. Like, you, you can't accomplish the things God called you to accomplish on your own. That's why you need his prosperity in your life. You need him to push you to a place that you couldn't go on your own. And I've experienced that. I, I, man, I just, I thought about it this week as I, we, I was studying for the message. And how I've, I just feel like I've experienced God's pushing in my life. Because I don't stand here today as somebody who earned this position. I know who I am. I know where I'm from. I know the struggles that I had growing up. I know coming from a lifestyle of poverty. Hey, I, I know the things that I've dealt with. I know that I'm a C student at best. So I didn't, I didn't earn my way here. 
I didn't work hard enough to get here. I didn't pull myself up with the bootstraps to get to this position. No, it's only by the grace and the prosperity of God that he pushed me to this spot. That I couldn't do it on my own. I really couldn't. And there's nobody who knows that and believes that more than me. In fact, um, you, you don't really get to see it, but right behind these curtains, there's, there's two ways up. And after the third song, I'll always slip behind and I get ready for the, for the service while Pastor Caleb or Jason's up doing the welcome. And I'll just, I'll go to the back and the table's set up back there. And there's two signs on either side of, of the platform here. And if you've, if you've seen like a, a locker room before, you know you kind of have like the game day sign that all the players kind of hit on their way out. And that's my game day sign. There's two of them. One of them says, when pride walks on, God walks off. And that's just a reminder that, hey, this is not about me. The other one says, it's a privilege to be on this platform. Thank you, God, for choosing me. And I lay my hand on, on that sign. Thank you, God, for choosing me. I lay my hand on it every service, before every service. And I, I pray and I thank God for choosing me. And sometimes in tears, I just am so grateful. I'm remembering, God, uh, where you brought me, what you've done in my life. I don't deserve this, but God, you have prospered me. And God, can I tell you, if he did it for me, he wants to do it for you. So he wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper your marriage. He wants to put your marriage in a place that you couldn't put your marriage on your own. He wants to take your kids to a level and prosper your kids to a point you can't take your kids. Your kids couldn't take your kids, but he wants to prosper them to a place they couldn't get to on their own. And so that's what, that's what this is about. And so while I might be a little shy of the word prosperity, like we don't use it a lot around here, uh, just because of the connotation that, that it has had with people, and we, we just don't, I don't want people to have the wrong mind. Like, where's the pastor's parking? Down at Pelicans. That's where the pastor's park, all the way down at Pelicans. We don't get special treatment, right? It's just, we, we don't, we live by that. And so, like, why, why, while we don't use the word very much, I want you to know God's not shy of the word. God's pretty comfortable with the word prosperity. And uh, in fact, he says it all throughout the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. I wanted to show you some of the places where prosperity shows up, all right? This is Genesis chapter 12. And it says, Isaac sowed in the land. And what you're going to notice is that prosperity has a lot to do with what you sow. You, you're going to reap, okay? That's, that, uh, prosperity and, and sowing and reaping play together here. So Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, which is uncommon, right? And it says the Lord blessed him. And it goes on to say that the man, okay, so if you reap in a hundredfold a year, you're the man, right? The man, the man began to prosper and he continued prospering until he was very prosperous. God's not afraid of the word. It's, it's not... A taboo subject for him he's okay with it so uh, we might be hesitant with it but we need to understand God's purpose of prosperity his purpose for this goes on in Proverbs we see another use of the word um, when the righteous prosper the city rejoices what does this mean it means that when the right people have the right things other people benefit Come on, when the church of Jesus Christ has the right resources, the right tools, the right things, other people benefit. I believe that Wichita Falls is better because of the church. Come on, I, I, I think you're living that as a church, that the people around you are better because you're a part of the church. And so we, we've got to understand 
that, that God gives us things not to hold on to it, right? So when the, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. People are blessed because of it. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Uh, well, Pastor Ben, that's, that's kind of uh, old, old Testament, right? Well, let me give you one more Old Testament before we go to the New Testament. I'm going to show you one more. A generous person prospers. Why does a generous person prosper? Because God looks at the generous person and he says, hey, uh, they're using their stuff wisely. I can give them more. Like, they're not just holding on to it. He looks at the people who are generous and says, they're using their, their, their time and their talent. Again, this is not just about money. Don't, don't hear that. It's about a lot of other things, too. But he looks upon us and he says, hey, I can, I can give more to somebody like that. I can push them forward. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So the New Testament, it says uh, a lot of people in the church, they would say, well, well, Pastor Ben, we don't really live by the Old Testament. You know, we're, we're in the New Covenant now, New Testament church. The only problem is that Jesus didn't abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. So, so there's a lot of principles in the Old Testament, the OT, that we need to live by, that we need to apply in our lives. And, and so now we have the New Testament, and Jesus, or John rather, says, guys, beloved family, I'm praying that you may prosper in, say this with me, in all things. Come on, say that again. In all things. Hey, I'm not, I'm not just praying you prosper in your wealth and in your health. I'm praying you prosper in all things. I'm praying that you'd prosper in your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your gentleness, your meekness, your self-control. Hey, you got, a, you got your life together. Tell me about the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Like, God wants to prosper you in that, too. That he, like... He, he wants you to prosper in how you love people. He wants you to prosper in, in every area, all things, and to be in health. How? Just as your soul prospers. So it's not just about finances. It's more about your soul. It's about your mind, your will, your emotions. God wants you to be pushed forward in all of those areas. He wants to advance you in all of those areas. So let me say it this way. God wants you to have more joy than everybody else so that when you go to work, you can give joy to everybody else. That's what I'm talking about. He wants, you to, he wants you to have more love in your life than everybody else so that when you go to work and you encounter a situation where people are angry and bitter, the love of Jesus Christ can just spill out over you. Come on. He wants you to have more peace in your life so that when you come to a situation where there's hurt and there's resentment, that the peace of God can just kind of ooze out of you. That's what I'm talking about. To prosper in every area, all things. So... I hope this is making sense to you, and I hope I'm trying to just demystify the whole the prosperity movement, right? So, and I want to give you what biblical pro prosperity looks like. What God intends for us in order to be prosperous is to have more than we need so that we can make an eternal difference. To have more than we need. To make an eternal difference. So our vision at City Hope is four things. We want to help people know God, come into a life-giving relationship with Him, where, there, where it's not about duties, but it's about real relationship, real desire for God, to find freedom through a small group. That's where people begin to take off the mask and settle the past, settle the yesterdays, get to know one another, so that they can discover purpose. We believe that God has a purpose for every person, 
And that you, you discover that in growth track, step two. But the ultimate goal of our vision for your life is that you would make a difference. But I need you to know it's not just like a, it's not just a social difference. It's a spiritual difference. That our ultimate goal for you is to plunder hell and populate heaven. I mean, the ultimate goal of prosperity is to rob hell and to get as many people to heaven as possible. It's not to pad our pocketbooks. It's to make a difference in eternity for the life of people around us. Can I get a good amen? amen. So let's talk about that. If we believe this, if we believe that that's what prosperity is, we need to buy into some truths, okay? I'm going to give you three truths today, things that we need to buy into. Number one is that we need to buy into the fact that God blesses us to be a blessing. That's, that's number one. That, that is the most important thing. He blesses us not to have more stuff, not so we can build our empire and build our kingdom. He gives us more to be a blessing. I want to show it to you in Galatians. Um, it says, Paul is writing here, he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse. So, in other words, Christ became sin in our place. He hung on the cross. He paid for our sins. We, we understand that, right? He died on the cross to cover our sins. But why? Why did he do that? Verse 14 says, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham would rest on us. So what's the blessing of Abraham? And I'm kind of scooting through this today. But the blessing of Abraham in Genesis 12 says... Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you'll be a blessing. That's the blessing of Abraham. I'm going to take care of you, Abraham. I'm going to give you more than you need, not so that you can, not so that you can uh, like, ha have, a, have a, a claim to fame, but really so that you can be a blessing. Your name's going to be, you're going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky, the sand on the sea, sure. Like, you, you're going to be blessed, but the whole purpose is for others. Everybody say others. So, if he blesses us to be a blessing, we've got to know that we can't give what we don't have. We can't give what God hasn't blessed us with. We, we need his blessing. We need more than we have so that we can do what he's called us to do. So, here's a declaration, all right? I want to I show you how you can pray this. Just in your prayer time, God, I need more. And it's not a begging. It's not that at all. It's just, just God, I need more. Lord, I want to be a blessing. I want to use what you've given me to be a blessing to people around me. I need more to be a blessing. God, I'll promise you, I won't hold on to it. I won't, I won't keep it. I, I won't store it up. I'll, I'll be a funnel. And that's what God wants from us. So the second truth we need to buy into is that when we do bless others, God takes care of our needs. Come on, y'all believe that? When we, when we bless others, he's going to take care of us. He's going he's to meet our needs. And here's the truth. Here's the truth we need to accept is that it's better for God to take care of me than for me to take care of me. Come on. I'm going to be better off if God is my supplier than, than if I'm the supplier. I'm going to be better off if God is my provider than if I'm my provider. And here's a trap that we fall into, though. I fall into this. And I don't know if you do, but I, I fall into this trap of self-sufficiency. I fall into this trap of self-dependence. Uh, the, the technical term for it is financial security. I, I just, uh, just want to make sure we're financially secure. 
I'm just checking those accounts, and, we, and, and we're, we're falling into a trap of, we've got to make sure that we have enough on the, for us. When, when what God's asking us to do is, hey, I'm, I'm going to take care of that, but you're going to have to take your eyes off of your own dependence and turn your dependence towards God. Make, him, make sure he is your provider and not yourself. So the, a better way to say it is, God, I'm just going to trust you to provide for, for my needs. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. God, I just want to be a funnel. And, and I know that if you, can, if you can get something through me, then you will be able to get it to me. I know that if I won't hold it, if I won't be a reservoir, if I won't be a dam, then you will get what, you'll get the blessing to me because you'll trust me to get it to somebody else. Come on, yeah, let's give God thanks for that. That's, that's a better way. That's a better prayer. And so, so Jesus kind of shows us this in Luke. He, he says, I, I guarantee. He doesn't say guarantee very much, but he says, I guarantee this. Anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many times more. When? In this life. Hey, I'm going to take care of you. Come on, if, you're, if you'll be obedient, if you'll be a blessing, if you won't be stingy with it, if you won't be selfish with it, I'm going to give you more in this life and in the world to come. There's going to be eternal life for you. So here's the declaration that we pray. That is, God, I will not trust in riches, but I will trust in him who richly provides. I'm going to trust God, you take care of my needs. You are the one who provides for me. It's not about me. It's not about anything else. God, you will provide. And if you provide for me, God, I trust that, I trust that you'll get it to me. You'll, you'll help me to be a blessing. So um, the, third, the third thought is this, that the more God blesses us, the more he expects from us. The more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless other people. Um, I think we could look around the room, we could look around our city, we could look around the world, and we can see that not everybody's blessed at the same level. Right? I want you to think about this for a moment. Here we are in the greatest state of America. Come on, somebody. Texas. Yeah. We in Texas. We're in the greatest state, in the greatest nation in the world. I just believe that. But here, here we are in our air-conditioned room this morning. Some of you have to bring blankets to church with you because it gets cold in here. Come on. It's better than the, the alternative, right? So we're in the air-conditioned room. You went, you went this morning. You picked out the clothes that you have on. You went to a room in your home that was built specifically for your clothes to live in. <laughs> you ever thought about that before? I, I, you, we got a room in our house just for clothes to stay, right? And you picked out your clothes. You had a hard time. Some of you ladies had a hard time. Does this look good? How, do, how does this look, right? And you just you tried on two or three different outfits until you found the one that you love so much. We flushed clean drinking water down the toilet this morning while people in other nations can't even get clean drinking water. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm saying is that since God has blessed us this way, then there must be a responsibility that comes yes. with it. There must be a reason that the more he blesses us with, the more he expects from us. And, and so Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, that, that much is required from those who, to whom much is given. 
So we have to ask ourselves, what's the more for? When God blesses us with more joy, what's the joy for? When he blesses us with more peace, what's the peace for? When he blesses us with, with with a bonus, with income, what's the income for? God, what do you want me to use with it? What do you want me to do? Ask ourselves, what's the more for? What, what responsibility do you want me to have with what you have given me, God? And this is not about us feeling guilty because I, I believe that guilt is a bad motivator. It doesn't help anybody. And I'm not beating you over the head. I hope you know that. You're already a church that's living this. You're living these principles. But, but I need you to know that the declaration is God, God doesn't want you guilty. He wants you responsible. He wants you responsible with what he's given you, with what he's given me. So if you believe that, just say, I I believe it. All right, hey, do you believe it? Yeah, all right. So just, just, I just need you to get that. I need you to understand. I need you to buy into those truths. So just say, I am blessed. Come on, turn to your neighbor, say, I'm blessed. Turn to your second choice and tell them, you wish you were blessed like me. You, you just wish. You just wish you were blessed like me. Yeah. You just wish you were blessed like me. So, all right. If we're blessed, we just, we just declared, I'm blessed. We believe it. Then why doesn't God bless everybody the same? Why doesn't everybody, why isn't there like equal blessing just for, why isn't there just participation trophies for everybody, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, we kept score on our, on our ball games. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we didn't give out trophies to every team. Like, what, now, why, why is it that not everybody's blessed the same? Why do some people, it seems like they're blessed a little bit more? I, I don't, I'm just going to show you a scripture that I think has something to do with it, okay? And it's Psalm chapter 1, and it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Hey, blessed is the one who doesn't stand in the way that sinners take. Blessed is the one that doesn't sit in the company of mockers. Notice the progression. Step, stand, sit. But blessed is the one who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is the one who says, God, I want to I serve you. God, I want to make a difference. God, I want to use my gifts and talents. God, I want to be available. Blessed is the one who meditates on his law day and night. And that's not, mm, not that kind of meditation. It's somebody who's just like, God, speak to me. You're just constantly, like, you just want to hear God's voice. You, you want to you walk in his way. And when you live like that, check out what happens in Psalm uh, verse 3. It says that that person who lives that way is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither. wither. Check this out. And whatever they do God excels. God pushes them ahead. God advances them. They prosper. I think that probably has something to do with it. So we've talked about some truths we need to buy into with prosperity. It's a good word. It's been hijacked. We, we agree. So, so when we talk about prosperity, there's another word that we could, we could use as well. The word is blessing. The word is blessing. And I want to show you today real quick five ways that we can receive God's blessing. Number one in your notes is I'm blessed as I put God first. All right? Again, if, you, if you've got dollar signs in your mind, take those out. Because you can put God first in a lot of other ways. I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Let me just see what's on uh, Facebook here. Just, uh, 
Snap a friend. Uh, what's the first thing you do when you, come on. If you want to put God first, let the first thing we do in the morning say, God, thank you for this day. I just, I, I thank you that you're with me today. I thank you that you're giving me favor, that, you're, that you've blessed me. Thank you for saving me, God. Today I give my life to you all over again. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. My mind, will, and emotions belong to you. I put you first today. 15 seconds, and you just put God first. That's what I'm talking about. So, so we're blessed as we put God first. But I want to show you something in Proverbs. This, is, this scripture actually is talking about money, but you could, you could say... Um, this about pretty much anything, okay? Honor the Lord with your, with your wealth with the first fruits. Now, back in, back in the Old Testament, uh, and even today, the practice is bring the first and the best, but the first fruits were the, the first of your harvest. You didn't bring God like the leftovers. That's what, that's what Cain did and why God didn't accept Cain's offering was he didn't bring the first and best. He brought like, uh, I've got a little bit of stuff left over. And, and God wanted the first and best. So it's a principle. Not, I'm not talking about an amount. All right? It's a principle of giving God the first and best. On a, on a first Sunday, you might hear me say, hey, it's a tithing weekend. We're bringing God our first today. I'm not talking about an amount. I'm talking about a principle that is the first and the best of what God's given me. Am I making sense? And so here's a principle here that it, it's... Um, for every promise in the Bible, there is a premise. The premise is, if you'll honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, then the promise is your, your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do you believe that today? That, but it's when we put God first in our time, in our talents, in our treasures, with what we do in life, we just say, God, you're number one. And God can't just be on your list he has to be at the top of your list. And if he's not at the top of your list, he's not on your list. He's got to be first. So we put him first. We put God first. All right? This is a principle of sowing and reaping, by the way. All right, number two is this, that I'm, I'm blessed as I maintain my integrity. And that's not really something we talk a lot about in church. I think we just kind of sometimes assume that it, once you get saved, you'll figure all this stuff out. But integrity is pretty important in our walk with the Lord. So the psalmist said it this way, Psalm 84, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and he bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from who? From those whose walk is blameless. You think, man, I can't walk blameless. I mess up all the time. It's not about, I'm, we're not talking perfection. We're just talking, where's your heart? Where's your heart in the matter? Are, are you striving for a, a love relationship with God? Are you, are, are you wanting, do you, do you want to be in a relationship with Jesus? We're not talking rules and religion. We're talking about attitude of our hearts. So, so I'm blessed if I put God first. I'm blessed when I maintain my integrity Number three, I'm blessed when I give or as I give intentionally. This is important, as I give intentionally. And again, listen, um, a lot of us give to different things. And, and you've been approached, you know, every school does fundraisers. You can go on social media today and you can find, you can find hundreds of places to, to be benevolent to people, to, to projects, to to things 
But I want to ask you a question. That whatever you give to, is it going to show up in heaven? Because remember, we're not just about social justice. We're about spiritual justice. We're about plundering hell and getting people into heaven. That's why, that's what God wants for us. Are we using the prosperity that God's given us to get people into the gates of heaven? And so I'm going to give intentionally. And I think um, Paul, Paul says it this way in, in 2 Corinthians. I want you to see this, that he who supplies the seed to the sower. So God's the one who does that. He who supplies the seed to the sower. I want you to notice this word right here. God never says he's going to give seed to the eater. And the reason, if I can just be honest with you, the reason some of you feel far from God, you, you feel a distance from God, you don't feel like God's prospering you, is because you've eaten all the seed. You're, you're eating everything that God has given you. You're not scattering the seed you're eating the seed. And he says, I'm going to bless those. I'm going to give more seed to the sower and bread for, for, uh, bre uh, bread for food will, and will also supply and increase your store of seed. I'm going to give you more seed the more you scatter. I don't understand it, but it's a principle of sowing and reaping. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. And I'm going to enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And he says... You will be made rich in every way. Again, not just about money. Get that out of your head. In every way, in the fruit of the Spirit, in the things that you're dealing with in life, in the areas where you need growth and you need grace from God. He's going to make you rich in those areas so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So the greatest deterrent, I think the reason why people don't, they, they, they won't live generously or they, they won't live intentionally is because they have this illusion that this is it. We, we, we have this illusion that, they, I, mean, I mean, once I die, it's kind of all over. I mean, might as well spend it on what I want, right? I might, I might, I might as well use my time the way that I want to use my time. I might as well use my talents the way I want to. But God has a different plan for us. There, there's a biblical prosperity that, that God has for us. So number four kind of runs along with it is, is that I'm blessed as I give generously. And I want you to hear, I'm not talking amount, I'm talking attitude. What's the attitude of your heart when you give your time? Oh, I don't really want to do this. What's, what's the attitude of your heart when you're scheduled to serve at church, right? You get that planning center notification. Come on, somebody. Ah, again, I got to serve again. Come on. Come on, let's serve generously. God, I'll give you all my time. It's all yours anyway. Come on, I'll, I'll give you all, all my talents because you gave it to me in the first place. Come on, I'm going to use it to be a blessing. I'm going to use it to make a difference in the lives of people around me. So it's attitude, not amount. Are you following me? So it's about sacrifice. It's about sacrifice. And I want to show you something here in, in Luke Chapter 6, that, um, that you may never have seen before. This is, it says, do not judge and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. If we stop there, it makes sense. But, but let's go to the next line. Um, we, we, we quote those, by the way, a lot. The Bible says, don't judge and you won't be judged, right? Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. 
But this passage is the one that we use as, as in the offering talk a lot. Somebody will grab the microphone and say, the Bible says in Luke, give and it will be given to you. I said a good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over, will it be poured into your bosom? That's what the one translation says. Like, what's your bosom? Okay. Um, this one says lap. But we hear this all the time about uh, uh, in, in, in offering talks. I just want to clarify, it has nothing to do with money. This, well, it says give and it will be given to you, but give what? You got to go back up to the verse before and see that he's talking about judgment. You give judgment, then judgment will come right back to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will it be poured into your lap? Well, Pastor Ben, my life is not what you're talking about. I don't, I just, I don't feel God pushing me forward. I don't feel his prosperity in my life. My life is filled with so much drama. It might be that you're sowing drama. And the Bible says that when you give drama, you're going to reap drama. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. It'll be poured into your lap. I just feel so guilty all the time from my past. And, and I just, I can't get past it. Where are you at? Are you still sowing seeds of condemnation? Because you're going to reap condemnation a good measure pressed down shaken together running over but here's the good news it says forgive oh and you will be forgiven a good measure pressed down shaken together running over come on you need some grace in your life give somebody some grace a good measure pressed down shaken together let it run over in your life you need some joy come on start to sow some joy you need peace begin to sow some peace you need some you need some financial breakthrough hey sow and it will let, give and it will be given to you so so the the law that we're talking about here is the law of divine reciprocity it's sowing and reaping. You want to know where God's prosperity is for your life? Look at what you're sowing. Are you eating the seed? Are you scattering the seed? Are you a funnel? Are you a conduit? Or are you a reservoir? And ask yourself, God, what, what, what do you want me to do? So um, the, the law of sowing and reaping is this. You plant a seed and it produces a harvest of that seed. But if you didn't plan anything, you can't expect anything. I mean, I, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament, it says as long as there is a sun and there's a moon, there will be seed time and there will be harvest. As long, there, as, long as the tide is still going, there's seed time, there's harvest, there's sowing and reaping. You give, it comes back to you, it returns. But the ground can't give you something that you haven't given to it and in your life you can't get something back in your life that you haven't sown I know that's a hard a hard concept to take but I need you to grasp that today because prosperity the kind that I'm talking about it's not really a whole lot about money and it's more about your soul what kind of seed are you sowing what are you doing number five is, is that I'm blessed as I stay dependent on God. As I stay dependent on God. Paul says in, in Timothy, command those who are rich. And I think we could 
say, when we look at the global standard, everyone is, we're, we're all rich. God has blessed us. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Don't put your hope in your wealth. Don't, hey, don't try to be self-sufficient. Don't, hey, don't, don't try to act like you got it all together. It's uncertain. But do this instead. Put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything we need for our enjoyment. And I want you to notice the word enjoyment. He provides for your enjoyment. He'll take care of every need that you have. And I don't know, I'm not sure how I ended our message like this today. We've talked a lot about sowing and reaping. I just feel like some, some of you here today, you're, you need to know, you're wondering, you're, you're, you have questions in your mind, why is God letting this happen to me? And why am I experiencing the things that I'm experiencing? Why, why don't I feel his, his push in my life? And the truth is, is that God will let you do it your way. Oh, it hurts sometimes. He'll let you do it. He'll let you fall. He'll let you go through some stuff. And the thing about the kingdom of God is you can't have it your way. It's not Burger King. Come on. You don't get to do it your way. It's the kingdom of God. He's the king. He's sovereign. And he'll let us fall on our face but what he really loves is when we come back to him and we say God I can't do this I, I, I need you in my life God I, I thought I could be self sufficient I thought, I thought I could do it on my own I can't God I need you today would you, would you strengthen me will you forgive me will you empower me God I'm dependent on you and I just feel like maybe there's some folks in the room today who you need to get back to that dependence on God. Would you bow your heads with me today? And if I'm talking to you, if, you're, if you feel far from God, if you feel a distance between you and God, there's a, there's a gap. There's some, something that's, that's pulled you away from your relationship with God. You've been doing it your way. You've been walking in your power. You've been walking in your strength. You've been walking in your ability. And you feel the gap. You feel the weight of your sin. You feel the weight of, maybe you feel condemnation. Maybe you feel, you feel what I'm talking about. You feel far from God and, and like he's not pushing you forward. But today, you're ready to make a change. You're, you're ready to, to be de dependent on God, to, to surrender your life to him. And I want to give you that opportunity. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you to the front. All I'm asking you to do is just slip your hand up and let me know on the count of three. One, two, three. I want to, I'm claiming my dependence on God today. Slip up your hand right now. Let me see that hand. I want to pray for you and I'll lead you in a prayer. Thank you. I see you. God bless you. I'm dependent on God today. I'm going all in with God today. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Anybody else say that's me? Who else? I'm going all in. I need, I need to surrender to the Lord today. Fresh and new. All right. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Will you forgive me for doing things my way, for sowing my own seed, 
I repent. I turn to you. I need you in my life. I want you to lead me, to guide me, to be my best friend, to be my savior. From this day forward, I will serve you. I will follow you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's thank God for his presence, for life change, dependence on him.